to another episode of the Human Behavior Show. Um, we'll be talking today about and I have joined by my doctor friend, Dr. Sam Desai, who's doing a very good project. He's doing data science at Cambridge. He's a medical doctor by background, so we have a lot in common. So I'm super excited to kind of interview him. And he is looking at reintroduction of an extinct species using NFT. So we're going to hear all about that. Um, and um, he's super excited to be on the show as well. And I love doing episodes to think it's the future. Um, this episode will be available on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. So do listen in over there. And we'll be doing more and more episodes of tech use cases as the world moves from Web 2 into Web 3. Super excited. We've also done a bit of Sam will take us through what he's up to. So look forward to having him on um, and really drilling down. And if you have any questions, feel free to call in. to live on calling app um, that I've been using to host my podcast. Um, and super excited to have him over here. Um, and I know I get a lot of questions about NFTs. Do I own NFTs? I am part of the Apex Optimizer community, which is an NFT for people interested in human performance and health. And that's where I am. And um, we do a lot of shows to do with health optimization. And holding my NFT gives me a lot of different um, um, positives. And we get discounts. And we also get to band together as a group and access to special events. So I'm super interested in NFTs. And I thought it was great to get Sam on the podcast. So, Sam, welcome. Great to have you on um, the Human Behavior Show. And please can you tell everyone a bit about your back before we kick off in? Hey, uh, I hope you can hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. (laughs) Okay, fantastic. Yeah, so um, it's great to be here. Um, So my background, I I used to be a, a medical doctor. Uh, so th- this is how obviously we we know each other. So hey, we've been in the kind of same circles, uh, you know, post medicine as well. Uh, but I left in 2018 to pursue a career in health tech, and I've worked both in industry and in government. I spent a year as the head of emerging technologies um, for the Department of Health, uh, investing in early COVID diagnostics and prognostics at the start of the pandemic. Um, and then I, I worked in industry for a bit, but my passion is is building stuff, um, and you know, in particular in the Web three domain. And you know, I've I've been experimenting for the last uh, couple of years, uh, and one of the things that I really realised in twenty twenty one was that there was just so many projects being built uh, in Web three. Uh, that really had no use case. They they really had no utility. They they were just rug pull projects. A lot of people made a lot of money, um, but really nothing useful came out of it. Uh, and that's something I really wanted to avoid. Um, and so earlier this year in January, uh, I had a bit of time, which is pretty rare for me. Um, I was on a I was on a lecture week, at, doing a part time course in uh, in data science uh, at Cambridge, and. You know, I had uh, a bunch of free evenings and I decided to actually sit down and purposefully um, come up with something and build something and just get it out there. Um, And that something just happened to be um, just learning how to launch NFT campaigns from scratch. Um, And I really wanted to pair it with an interesting use case. And that ended up being fundraising for a charity. 
Um, so I partnered up with a charity that was um, supporting the mental health of NHS workers. It seemed like a good time to do it uh, immediately after the, um, the pandemic. And um, it, although it, it generated a lot of interest, uh, it, it became very obvious that actually when it comes to just regular philanthropic giving, um, people would just rather not go through the, the, you know, the huge task of downloading a digital wallet, getting a hold of cryptocurrency, purchasing an NFT um, and, and donating in that way. It's much easier just to give fiat um uh, money to, to to a non-profit or a charity you know the barriers to entry are, are much much lower um, but what we realized was actually if you reflect on some of the great projects over the last 12 months that that have um, nft campaigns that have you know raised a lot of money for for non-profits they tend to be like really history defining moments like ukraine and uh, and, and the the russian conflict um, or the first ever carbon negative NFT drop that happened last year. And I think they raised something like six, $6 million. Um, you know, and this is something that I just wanted to replicate. I thought it was really fascinating. And actually, if you think about it, actually nowadays, there, there are so many pioneers, visionaries that are doing incredible work every single day, yet they're faceless. They go unrecognized. Uh, they're, they're not rewarded. And then there's, you know, a bunch of people across the world that, you know, I, I, I just had this hunch that they, they, they'd want to be involved in, you know, the missions that these, that these kind of visionaries were, were driving, but they had no idea how to do that. So how do you bring two sides of that together? Well, I think there's a lot of opportunity in Web3 to, to do that. And now, you know, that, that kind of led to the thesis of Atlas Labs, which is um, a startup. I co-founded it two, two months ago. Um, and the idea is that we enable anyone anywhere in the world to participate as closely as possible with um, ch- projects that are changing the world. And we do that by launching NFT campaigns uh, in collaboration with the pioneers and visionaries that are driving those projects. And the idea is that the collectors of those NFTs get token-gated participation rights in, in the project going forward. And this could manifest as something like a live stream of like a grandstand moment, um, or it could mean voting rights for the, the way that the project goes going forward. Um, you know, it could mean... In, uh, in a project that I'm working on now, it could mean being sent like physical items that commemorate uh, the project. So you, you feel as though you're, you're really, truly part of it. So that's that's kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the origination of, of Atlas Labs. And yeah, I'd love to tell you a bit more about um, the Unextinct project, but I'll, I'll wait for the next question. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's really interesting. And we've had a lot of interest, like I'm into health tech as well, heavily involved with quite a few startups actually advising. We, when we first spoke, uh, transition from kind of clinical medicine to tech. And with COVID happening, timing was perfect because tech has really boomed. Tech has been a solution for almost everything in health so far. So um, it's really interesting, our journeys there. And Web3 has been super interesting this year. I mean, I have my own creator coin, dot coin that I use. That was given to me by Rally. And... um. I've been understanding kind of how 
crypto work, social tokens and NFTs. And I definitely think it is the future giving you access to different things. I was explaining before you joined that I own, I own an NFT for the human performance community, Apex Optimizers. It's like a snow leopard. And it's been super great to connect with like-minded folks. So I'd love to kind of know about your community. And, and Atlas seems like a brilliant platform that you've built as well. So that'd be super interesting to kind of find out more about what you're doing with the Extinct project. Yeah, of course. Um, so Unextinct is the is our first kind of major major global campaign. Um, we're actually working with a, a conservation group that uh, is called ACTP, and they uh, they they essentially protect endangered parrots, and they've been doing this for a few decades now. Uh, and twenty years ago, it's actually twenty two years ago. Uh, a parrot species called the Spix macaw went extinct in the wild because of illegal activities and the destruction of its natural habitat in the Brazilian Caatinga. Um, and ACTP took the, the last remaining parrots in and they've been breeding them in captivity for, for the last uh, two decades. Uh, the numbers now in, in protection are uh, over 250. And on June the 11th, um, of of um, this month, they they're actually going to release eight birds back into the wild, back into their ancestral home in Brazil. So this is the first time anything like this has ever happened, and we're lucky enough as Atlas Labs to be working with them to launch an NFC campaign to immortalize the moment. Um, and the collectors of of, of the NFT artworks. Um, depending on which one they they choose to collect, uh, will get varying levels of of access to the project. So, for the very top level, you know, collectors will get a a, a physical print of of the artwork, which, by the way, is is being done by probably the most famous wildlife artist in the UK, Tim Flack, who's won countless awards and has he's he's exhibited uh, in global auction houses. Um, and all over the world, incredible guy. Um, so they'll get a physical print of that. They'll get access to um, uh, the next release of Birds, which is happening later this year. Um, they'll get a ownership rights of the video recording of the moment the birds fly out. And there's there's plenty more. And I, I won't go through them all, but they're all on the website. Uh, but it's just it's fascinating that you know we're able to offer this level of participation in something that is a world first project um unextinct is a, is a, it's a perfect representation of our of our thesis at atlas you know anyone anywhere in the world who who supports the mission of biodiversity can get involved they get beautiful artwork they they get to participate in in something that's uh, you know really a historic moment I mean, it's a really noble cause great cause and a great way of using nfts because we've often been hearing so Interestingly, I had um, I had uh, Ali Sajwani on the on my clubhouse um, club, Human Paper Club, uh, f- about a month ago, and he was skeptical about NFTs, and now he's absolutely obsessed with them. And he's using it for a very different mission to you, luxury watches, which is the other side of the spectrum. So they're like a Dubai-based billionaires, the Sajwani Group. They bought Roberto Cavalli, a Swiss jeweler, this week. So they are going into the metaverse selling their property and rentals in the metaverse and using it for kind of 
luxury goods and items and designer bags and things like that and verification. And he is very bullish on using NFTs in Web3. But on the contrary, it's so nice to have a cause that is helping the ecosystem and uh, humans and, and, and animals and the earth. And it shows that NFTs are not just for, you know, the mega rich to get richer or art collectors and things like that. And there's been a lot said about them. They can be used for so many positive elements as well. Um, so reflecting on that, I've really kind of found this pretty interesting what you're doing. So how long have you been involved with this project specifically? Yeah, I mean, so firstly, say, but like, I totally agree. I mean, there's, I think there's a good reason why people are uh, so skeptical about NFTs. And I think a lot of the scams of, of 2021 in particular um, has really put people off and, and kind of taken away from the underlying you know, utility, the tokenomics, the incredible things that it, they could enable. Um, you know, they, they have been used, unfortunately, as, as money-making schemes and as Ponzi schemes in, in some respects. Uh, but actually, the use case you mentioned there, luxury watches, you know, I've seen, I've seen this um, elsewhere. So I actually think it's a fantastic use case. Uh, yes, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's not the same as ours, of course. We're focused on conservation and philanthropic activity, uh, but, you know, both both things are, are problems that need to be solved. And I think democratizing access to luxury goods through, through NFTs and fractionalizing them. Uh, I'm not sure if that's what um, your um, your previous guest did or does, uh, but that's certainly something I've seen. I think that uh, actually opens it up to, 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 to lots of people who wouldn't have uh, otherwise have access. Um, but from our point of view, like how long have we been involved in the Unextinct project? Well, this is the thing. So this is the crazy thing. It's it's literally been um, four weeks, uh, actually three weeks. Um, so we started speaking to the to the conservation group ACTP four weeks ago. We agreed to start working on it quite sheepishly, honestly, uh, three weeks ago because there was a lot of work to do. Um, so you know, coming up with the concept of the NFTs, figuring out how we could make this environmentally friendly. Um, thinking about how we're going to launch, strategizing, also promoting the launch. You know, a, a lot of this stuff is all about promotion. And so, you know, and actually getting out, getting the word out there, telling the world about the the, the really cool project that we're working on uh, and this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to participate in it. But, you know, so we're trying to achieve in, in three weeks what others have done in six months, um, which is which has been very stressful but equally very, very exciting. Yeah, it's pretty phenomenal how you're trying to do it so quickly as well. Um, so have you partnered with any organizations um, as well, any kind of um, influencers or anything like that? Yeah, so um, we we have actually partnered with uh, a group called the, the, the Blue, Sky, uh, Blue Sky Global Management, which is, uh, which is basically the, the main uh, uh, institutional donor of... Uh, the nonprofit that we're working with, ACTP. Um, so they're providing a huge amount of support. Um, you know, they're they're providing the budget to, to, for the campaign. Um, we we have amazing marketing partners in in Monumental, so they they deserve a shout out. Uh, UK based uh, uh, marketing team. Um, but in terms of uh, you know the, the the kind of channels that have really worked for us, you know, incredibly. So. You know, we, 
in three weeks, our, our Twitter has has grown to something like fifteen hundred followers. Um, you know, organically, uh, our Instagram is is growing quite nicely. But the the thing that's really taken off, and I really wasn't expecting this, is TikTok. And this is coming from somebody who's definitely not an avid TikTok user. Uh, but the, our last video we uploaded three days ago explaining the story of the Sphinx Macaw. Um, and uh, it, uh, it's, it's got over a million views now, uh, which is just insane. Um, so re- I think people are, you know, they, they can really get behind this mission of, um, of reintroducing it an, an extinct in the wild species back, uh, back into its, back into its previous home. You know, I think it's something that really resonates with people. Uh, but perhaps, uh, you know, perhaps the traction is because of the, the affiliation with the Rio films. Um, I, I'm sure it helps. I mean, yeah, that Disney film, I actually didn't know it, that's, that's what it was called. So that's actually fascinating. And a million views on TikTok, insane. Uh, it shows the powerful of algorithms in TikTok, actually, that this project is doing so well. Then I can imagine TikTok being a space where a lot of Gen Z is there and they care about these type of, um, you know, projects and it's a very different generation to the one before and um that's actually super interesting so um can you tell the audience or or the listeners when they listen to this on spotify and apple Podcasts, where can they check out this project what's what's the domain yeah sure so the project website is uh, www.unextinct.co um and actually, the, the the NFTs themselves are going to be launched on Nifty Gateway, which is uh, a curated marketplace for kind of luxury NFT projects. Um, but it's uh, it, it's really cool because you can actually you can purchase not only with cryptocurrency, uh, but just with a credit card. So it makes it accessible to absolutely everyone. You don't need a, a digital wallet. You can. Just you just need a credit card, and so we're we're launching at um, six thirty Eastern time on Saturday, eleventh of June. Um, but you can find out more about you know what it means to participate in this project and the kind of amazing benefits that you know we have lined up for the collectors of our NFTs. You know we, we we've got some really cool stuff that's going to enable people to get so close to the project. So if you're super passionate about biodiversity and conservation, just check out our website. It's www.unextinct.co. Um, and yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear from you uh, and we'd love for, for you guys to participate. Yeah, guys, definitely check out the project. I think it's a great cause. And I think all the Human Behavior Club NFT community would be super interested in kind of partaking in that. So with Atlas, what's next? What are you aiming to do? What other projects did you have on the horizon? What is kind of your vision with this startup? I would love to know more. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's um, we we have a, a, a super big vision, uh, you know, just as uh, any like super ambitious founder does. Um, and you know, it's really based around this thesis of of enabling anywhere, anywhere, sorry, anyone anywhere in the world to to take part in in these kind of projects that are, are changing the world. Um, and the question is, like, how how do we get there? And like today, yes, we are launching NFT campaigns. Uh, you know, because we're so early, we we haven't built a, a dedicated platform. We're actually leveraging, you know, other platforms and bringing them together. 
Um, but the next step for us is really to build something that is uh, totally dedicated to people. You know, they come to Atlas, the, uh, our website, um, and they're able to, you know, we have our own marketplace, primary and secondary, uh, and people are able to explore projects uh, there uh, it, it, all in one place. Um, so I think that's the that's the next step. We've got a lot of building to do in the next six months or so. I think beyond that, um, we're actually going to be launching Atlas DAO, uh, so a decentralized autonomous organization, uh, which is going to enable individuals who are really interested in the Atlas mission to actually be super closely involved and have first dibs on the projects that we bring on board. We really want our community to have a say in what kind of projects we support. So we're going to be bringing the members of our DAO, uh, the projects that, you know, a range of projects that they could support. You know, they'll have voting rights uh, and we'll be able to vote on them in a democratic way. Uh, and yeah, and support the projects that everyone you know feels like they they want to. And soon after that, uh, we'll be launching our native token um, Visa coin, uh, which is going to actually you know it's going to power the future of the Atlas economy. Um, lots of exciting stuff in the pipeline there. Uh, I won't go too deep into it because uh, you know I, I could spend all day talking about this thing. Um, but yeah, there's, there's lots of exciting stuff coming. Yeah. I can see you're super passionate, Sam, (laughs) which is great. I mean, there's so much, um, going on in this space and there's a lot of noise, but it seems like you're doing something very genuine. So what would you say are the biggest challenges have been while doing this startup or explaining web three to people? Well, uh, as you probably know, Sahib, I mean, it's um, there's, there's still a lot of education that, that we need to do um, to to get lots of people to kind of understand exactly what it is that we're doing. Um, you know, I kind of realized this when my mum asked me what I was doing um, uh, like a week ago, and I struggled so much to explain to her. Right. And to be fair, I don't think uh, the moment I left medicine, uh, it, it didn't really matter. To her. <laughs> she's uh, she's kind of um, uh, she she kind of knows me as the as the son who who doesn't do medicine anymore, and that's it. And hasn't really known what I've done for a long time. But she did ask me exactly what I was working on because I sounded very excited, and I couldn't explain to her. And that just goes to show, like even even I as as a founder in this space. You know, like it is my job as as the CEO of the company to to communicate what exactly what we do very clearly and in an an accessible way, but it's still impossible. And I think part of the reason is because, as generally, Web three just isn't. It's not. You know, whilst it feels mainstream to us because we're in the space, it's really not mainstream. Um, and you know, the concepts, uh, you know, people just don't have even the, the most basic understanding of the concepts of decentralization, of uh, trustlessness, of tra- the transparency levels, of the way that the blockchain works and having to explain from the, from the very kind of conceptual stages, every single time you speak to somebody out of the space is really challenging. Um, and it becomes even more challenging, not, not just when your friends and family are asking about it, but when investors are asking about it, right? Because actually, um, you know, right now we can't approach just regular investors like, you know, we, we could if we were just doing a regular SaaS business. Um, if we do, then there's a huge amount of education. Uh, there, there's also a lack of trust because of that. 
um, and you know it, it becomes very tedious. Uh, and actually, you know, there is there is a, a kind of niche group of Web three specific investors out there, uh, but it, it's quite it can be quite hard to find if you don't know the the right people. So that is the like right now. That's that that is the challenge. I guess uh, the the other the other big challenge, of course, is is the the, the market downturn. Um, but you know, I think. To be honest, I, I see it in quite a um, quite a positive light uh, because I think it's it's probably going to result in a lot of the projects that didn't have utility um, being kind of purged from the market. Uh, and I really believe in Atlas's utility. You know, I really believe that we're doing something that could genuinely uh, change the world. That we're going to be supporting the pioneers and visionaries changing the world. Um, you know, we I think we have an amazing use case, uh, and that's why you know, regardless of the downturn, I'm I'm super confident we're going to succeed. I'm hopeful as well because um, there was so much traction Web three got, and now with this downturn and all the the fear and you know tech uh, suffering for the first time actually, um, but but that's when great companies are built, right? We know in times like this. You're right. That's when the the best companies really prosper. They come out of it stronger, um, and new 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 markets are born as well. Um, so I'm super excited to see what you get up to, kind of in the next few years as well, uh, with the platform and with Atlas as well. And I guess as we kind of start rounding things off, how's the transition been? I'd love to ask you how's it been going from clinical medicine into tech. I often explain how I found it, and kind of I believe that the future of, of work is remote. I've been able to do that in my new roles. Also kind of the more the knowledge economy than kind of medicine, which is very kind of you learn, master, repeat. And we've discussed this as well. Uh, creativity, I think, is here to stay. The creator economy is pretty big as well. Um, so there's some of my thoughts. Uh, how's the transition been for you? Yeah, I mean, so I feel that we we often, uh, well, not often, but we've we've checked in on this one, say personally, one to one. I guess like every couple of years, right? It's been really interesting seeing your journey as as well. Um, so it's a it's a pleasure to share, you know. And really, you know, initially the transition was um, very difficult as I'm sure it is for, for lots of clinicians who are thinking about it. You, you're always, uh, feeling guilty that you've been studying for so long and you're going to be letting a lot of people down, mostly, uh, for me, my parents, uh, leaving medicine. Um, but you know, it, it was definitely the right choice. Um, and what actually happened when, when I left medicine, I, I left because I founded a startup. It was, uh, a SaaS business in the in the healthcare space. It was my first company ever, and um, eighteen months later, it failed. But it was an incredible ex- experience, uh, and I learned so much. And basically, everything that's happened to me since has become is because of that experience. And there's just nothing like building, you know, your like something that is your own, you know, and and having the ultimate freedom and flexibility of your time. Um, you know, there's. I think once you've experienced that, you, you kind of realize that, that that linear career path uh, where you're almost a slave to your work, um, you know, but certainly for me, it's, def- it's certainly not the life for me. Um, so it, it was, you know, reflecting back on it now, definitely the right choice. But, you know, also reflecting back on it now, there's so many things that could have gone wrong along the way. Uh, and, you know, because of sheer luck, 
you know, some opportunities came my way that, that, you know, really kind of set me on a path that, that led me to, to, to here, like meeting certain people because, um, you know, I just happened that they just happened to be interested in my failing startup four years ago, you know, um, and so there's a lot of serendipity that goes into this. And, it's, and I think the way to make yourself a serendipitous person uh, is is definitely through your network, right? It, it's certainly, it's by the people that you surround yourself with. It's the opportunities you, you create as a result of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I could not be happier with um, doing uh, what I'm doing now, which is which is creating stuff that delivers true value, um, having the flexibility of, of, of being a founder in Web3, uh, this incredible horizon of, of opportunities of, you know, uh, being really at the cutting edge. It's, it's, it's super fun uh, and super fulfilling. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, we've talked about this at length and, and I also cannot be happy. I think you're right. The parents, we've had similar parallels there and, Often failure is what brings greatest success. And you, you talked you talk to me I mean, early on about your startup journey and you jumped on it pretty early. And I learned from your experience as well. You told me, okay, so hey, there's the risks. These are the benefits. This is how you should do it. And I mean, I remember reaching out to you and you were super helpful. And, and um, when I was, I actually made the jump just as COVID hit. Um, I was about to embark on GP training, was F3 at the time. And then COVID hit and I started writing my newsletter and I started just pursuing what I was interested in as I was locoming and um, a few opportunities of networking was key. And someone read my newsletter, Clubhouse happened. And then I started my startup and relationship wellness space and then started advising a few startups, practice a sleep doctor on Friday. So everything just came together and, and 100% you're right. Um when you're having fun, work feels a lot better. Something you're passionate, interested about, something that's yours. I think there's certain personality types and, and we're in the clinical entrepreneur program as well. I think definitely entrepreneurs is a subset of the population that have uh, a desire to do something different, to have a bit of autonomy, to have uh, and, and create things. And, and um, the world does need that. And um, online, I've been super lucky to connect with people like you and other people as well. And I don't think you get that in sometimes in, in other jobs where it's a very kind of corporate type of structure or you're just trying to move up the ladder. Uh, I think we get to think very laterally. And, and you know, like you said, cutting-edge technology, you're working on Web3. I mean, who in med school would even know what Web3 is, right? It's not something we kind of come across. We're very just like tuned to stay within the line. So um, it's super fascinating following your journey and, and good luck to you and what you do. I'd love for you to tell the listeners kind of um, – how they can support you and, and how they can follow you as well and, and where to follow you. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, we, we would welcome uh, any kind of support at this uh, super early stage. Uh, so I think the, um, you know, the, the project that we're working on now unextinct, um, you know, please do check out the website. Uh, it's www.unextinct.co. Um you know, share it with, with anyone who you, you think might is really interested in biodiversity or conservation and might want to participate. You know, there's lots of really cool stuff for, for those who want to participate uh, on offer. Um, so please do share far and wide. Uh, it's all for a good cause. Um, the majority of the, the revenues are going to go towards um, ACTP who are protecting 
the the previously extinct uh, Spix macaw. Uh, once it's uh, finally released back into its ancestral home on June the 11th. Um, and yeah, and check out Nifty Gateway on June the 11th at um, 6.30 Eastern time, 6.30 p.m. Um, you know, that's where we're going to be doing the drop. Uh, so yeah, check out, our, you know, Atlas's first ever uh, history-defining drop. Uh, and then going forward, um, you know, the, 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 there's updates on uh, both our website, getatlas.xyz, and our socials, uh, which you can find the links to uh, on the website. You know, we've got some amazing projects lined up, and I can't talk about them now as much as I want to, uh, but there's some really cool stuff in the pipeline. So so please do check us out. Uh, if you, if you want to be involved, um, you know, please come along for the ride. Uh, we're going to be launching Atlas DAO later this year. Uh, so, you know, this is the first time I'm, I'm actually talking about this in public. Um, Atlas DAO, I mean, I mean, it's something that's, uh, it, it's kind of been in the pipeline. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, anyone listening to it now, rest assured, you're the first people to hear about it <laughs> unless, you've, uh, <laughs> unless you've read the white paper. <laughs> I'm super excited. I mean, what you're doing and, and good luck for all of it. And guys, do support Sam. This episode will be available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So I will share it on LinkedIn, etc. And um, definitely check this out. Support Sam. And yeah, excited to see what's to come. Check out the drop on the 11th of June. I think that's going to be super cool. Pretty close to that now as well. So Sam, it's been a pleasure being able to interview and reconnect with you. I hope to kind of catch you soon. And good luck with everything. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.